fam, it's your man Black and Valley coming at you. Man, you ain't gonna believe it. We here, oh my God. But well, we have season five. I can't believe season four is over. Man, we dropped 50 big ones and came and went like a hurricane. Man, we wanna thank you guys for your support, much love. But season five, here we go, going into 2022. We about to flip the script. Let me tell you how it's going down in season five. It's all about keeping it 100 as we always have from day one, but we going straight positive. You feel me? It is time. We need it. We pulling stories right from the news. We talking real life experiences. We looking at how we are coming together in these crazy, crazy times. Ain't nobody talking about it. I mean, no matter whether you're looking on your social media feed, whether you're looking on your local cable news network, it's like a sprinkle. You know what I'm saying? It's like a sprinkle. You may get a positive news story every now and then. Well, I'm here to tell you, I'm here to tell you, the positive news is outweighing the negative news out there. They just ain't bringing it. You know what I'm saying? Despite the narrative, we are being forced to watch this on a one by one minute by minute basis. You know, we're being forced to watch all this negativity. Well, it ain't finna go down like that on Black Man Over 50. Like I said, it's your man Black. We're keeping it 100 as always on these shows. So give us your feedback. And remember to check us out on WKRN. We in three states now. Like I say, we in the NYC, we in Michigan, and we in Nevada. Check for the times at the end of this show. Peace. Blackout. It's your man Black Avelli coming at you with another black man over 50. How you living? How you loving? How you treating your neighbor out there? How we doing, fam? Tonight's show is going to be interesting. It's going to be a long one, so get your popcorn. I mean, this is two issues. Actually, it's one issue. I'm just going to bring it at you both ways. You know, one issue that's been hitting your boy for a minute. So, you know, <laughs> when it hits me and I can wrap my head around it, you know, I'm going to spit at you. you know, I'm going to come at you with it. And, you know, the main topic of the show tonight is how do black men feel about being single? You know what I mean? This is how do black men feel? Again, this is not, you know, all men, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Because as I say, always, 
You know what I'm saying? You can't put everybody into one scenario. So this is not all men. But it's basically how men feel, you know, about being single. And I think the women want to hear straight up. You know what I'm saying? It's a hard topic to really, you know, get down to the nitty gritty on. Especially if you're in a relationship. Because usually that's where the walls are. And so, you know, your man going to bring it straight to you. But before I get into that. You know, they had a nightline face-off that I thought was interesting. And the topic of the face-off was why can't a successful black woman find a man? And the face-off was with your boy Steve Harvey, and he had a panel of women. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, Steve Harvey always says he's got the expertise. He speaks for the majority of men. Um, and so, like I said, they did this in Atlanta. And so, you know, it was done at the Porter Stanford Center, you know what I'm saying, the Performing Arts, you know, in Atlanta, like I say, a huge, huge place. Almost a thousand people attended the face-off, you know, with as many as 300 people turned away at the door. So that is going to tell you how hot this topic was, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? They even had this on Nightline. So, you know, you can go on your Google or your YouTube, pull up Nightline on that debate, and it'll show you on YouTube. You know your boy going to leave the links to the show. Uh, leave the links in the description of the show so that way you can check them out for show. But yeah, I wanted to touch on that first because, like I say, you know, the women usually start the precedent of what's going on. And so, based on how the situation is society wise with women, it's going to basically let you know where men stand in that situation. Now, that doesn't mean men aren't to be. You know, the fault or the reason why women doing what they doing, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying based on how women are thinking and what's going on, a lot of that, you know, you can just see why things are the way they are, good and bad. You know what I'm saying? And so let's just start off with the face-off. And so, like I said, this was April the 21st, 2020. 2010. You know what I mean? So we're going back 12 years. That's how long ago and how long this has been an issue. It's been an issue. So it says, for as long as there have been movies, music, and magazines, there have been the single gal. So it's been the single woman since the beginning of time. And basically what they said is that women made it cool to be single. You know, women like Beyonce, they champion songs like Single Ladies. Movies like Something New. You know, that made the case for successful single women maintaining high standards. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, uh, single women that were successful, you know, had high standards. And like I said, a lot of the entertainers, you know, bragged about that and even cemented that in, you know, some of these songs and some movies. Over the past few decades, black women in America have made historic strides, both academically and professionally. You know what I'm saying? 60% of black students who get awarded college degrees are women. Black women make up 71% of the black graduate students. And like I said, this was back in 2010, so you can only imagine what it is now. You know what I'm saying? According to recent Yale studies, 42% of African-American women have yet to be married, compared to only 23% of white women. There's also a gap in the numbers. The 2000 U.S. Census counted 1.8 million more African-American women than black men. And so, again, you know, uh, these are statistics. It is what it is. So I'm just stating you statistics. You know, but it is a successful single black woman, a matter of statistics, that are more controversial than others. You know what I'm saying? So again, Nightline tackled the phenomenon in a piece originally reported by ABC News. And, you know, like I say, this, the, you know, the piece sparked 
an outpouring of praise and criticism. You know what I'm saying? And so again, you know, uh, Steve Harvey and you know a lot of people, Jacqueline Reed and a lot of people have put in a lot of work in trying to figure out what everybody is tripping on. You know, why are we in such a huge divide? You know, so you know. Uh, Jack Jackie Reed said, you know, I think for a long time I was like, I don't need a man. You know, I'm going to make my own money, she said. You know, well, I'm trying to raise a boy, a son. I think he needs a man. I would love to have a man in my life to help me raise my son. And therein lies the beginning, the beginning of the thought process when a woman says, uh-oh, <laughs> you know, I just can't do this all by myself. You know what I'm saying? There are far too many black, wonderful women out there that are single and living alone and have no hope of ever finding a man. You know what I'm saying? And this is coming from a black woman. This is Jackie Reed. You know, star VH1's Let's Talk About Pep. You know, this is what she said. This ain't your boy black. Reed, who keeps her age under lock and key, still hopes that she can find a black man to partner with soon. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Hill Harper, you know, who is an actor on CSI New York and author of the controversy, the conversation, how black men and women can build loving, trusting relationships. Harper argued that black women need to date men who show potential, despite they're not necessarily having reached it yet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm very excited, and I think it's going to be pretty lively," said Harper. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, and talking about relationships. So this was the face-off. You know, the debate took place, like I said, at the Porter Stanford Center. And Steve Harvey, he always says, I am an expert on the mindset of the male species. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, uh, and, you know, like I say, when they started off, the woman said, you know, I don't want to go and start off as a bitter black woman. I'm not, said Shepard, prior to the debate. I truly want to know what black men tick i want to know what makes black men tick because if i can figure out what makes you tick then maybe i need to do something differently that's going to make us flow together i refuse to give in to the fact that there's no good black man out there for me so let's just stop right there because you can see the the controversy just in her statement you can see the rage you can see how you know uh on one hand she wants a black man uh, uh, to be her partner, and the other other hand, she has high standards, <laughs> you know, and it's very few men in the picking for those high standards. And so, just going over just that one statement, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to go out there as a bitter black woman. See, so that already lets you know that whether intentionally or unintentionally, black women think they are bitter when they stating what's on their heart, and that's a problem. If you think the way you feel are the fundamentals, the foundation of what you are about to say, it's almost like somebody saying, this ain't a racial joke. Now, you already know that they feel in some kind of way about what's going to come out their mouth, or they wouldn't have to say that. So if you feel in some kind of way with what's on your heart, with the way you really feel deep down, that's a problem before we even get involved, for men even get involved. That's number one. You know what I'm saying? Number two, I truly want to know what makes black men tick. Again, if you want to know what makes us tick, you have to do that with an open mind. You can't do that judgmentally by whatever we say is either a facial expression, is either it's something that just pushes a button. There's a fundamental disagreement with the way men and women are viewing things in this new millennium. 
You know what I'm saying? And so just starting with that first word, you know, that first sentence. I don't want to come off as bitter, but I want to know how you think. So that's not open-minded right there. That, that means I've already got <laughs> my opinion made. You just need to either validate it or change my mind. You see what I'm saying? So that right there, like I said, that's a fundamental difference, you know, in, in, in the way we think. And in the way she ended it, I refuse to give in to the fact that there are no good black men. So what is a good black man? So a good, is a good black man one that <laughs> conforms to making you not feel bitter when you tell him what you're thinking, but he want, you want to know how he ticks. You see what I'm saying? Is that what a black man is? Or is a black man one that stands on his two feet, tells you exactly what he thinks and who he is, unless you make the decision whether you want to be with him or not. Even if the results end up where we are now, which is where we are at a crossroad. You know what I'm saying? And so that is the end line of tonight's show. You know what I'm saying? And I just thought it was so important for us to see where black women are coming from and how they feeling and how long it's been that they've been feeling this way. You know what I mean? And so that means something ain't working. And so let's get into how black men feel about being single because I guarantee you we are, once again, looking at this thing completely from opposite sides of the fence. You know what I'm saying? And until we agree to disagree and agree that we both have a right to feel the way we feel without feeling bitter or without the man feeling afraid, scared, you know, he don't, he, you know, he'd rather be in the street than be at home, you know, until we can understand that there's a reason why this is, you know, the reason why he don't feel like that's his castle, the reason why he don't feel like a king, you know, and the reason why you don't want to be better, and the reason why you trying to figure out how he tick, until we can come to a calm understanding you know what I'm saying? This is going to continue to be a problem. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, this particular piece that I've been to, you know, kind of break down for you was written by a young lady who, you know, I have a lot to respect for. You know, Sonia Massingale, you know, uh, man, I mean, this woman went hard to paint. You know, she did this in 1986. You know, now she said not long ago, I watched a two part report, you know, and she said, you know, the report was done on broadcasting on the shortage of black single men. The first part looked at how the shortage affected single black women in their 30s. The second part focused on men featuring a conversation with three of Baton Rouge's most eligible bachelors over 30. That piece was done back in 1986. It was a year after this young lady was born. Now it's 36 years later and now the lady that was reading that piece when that, now the lady, when that piece was done as a was one year old, now she's 36 year old, 36 years old, and now she's single. So what she says she's trying to say is, I was born into this struggle. Recently, she wrote a piece for Anscape about single black women and the lies others tell about their love lives. Black women endure multiple stigmas around their singleness. Yet the structural factors and shifts in cultural norms have been almost entirely overlooked in her opinion. You see what I'm saying? Thousands of black women were interviewed for her piece. And what she found out, while many people were aware that 62% of black women are single, few knew that 55% of black men in the United States are unpartnered as well. This may be because unwanted singleness is almost exclusively presented as an issue for women to solve, so the spotlight shines brightest on their singlehood. 
A Google search about single black men will pull up multiple links related to what black men think about unmarried black women and articles on what women should do to appeal to black men. But few ask black men how they feel about being single. Bingo! With your boy Black here to tell you. I'm here to tell you. And I'm going to start off right out the gate. The reason why you won't find black men discussing how they feel, because usually the outcome is negative. And it don't matter whether they explain it to the wife, the kids, the judge, the boss at work, whoever it is, the outcome has been negative. And see, the, the proof is in the pudding. The minute you ask me why, or the minute you say I don't believe that, the minute, well then that's why we where we are. I'm telling you the truth. You see, again, it, the, the conversation is not built to make you justify how you think. And it's not built to even persuade you. The conversation is what it is, and you can look at the results to see the outcome. This is what we use in science, and we call statistics. Statistics are not there to persuade you. Statistics tell you an outcome. It tells you this is what it is based on the statistics. So based on the fact that we are at a point where men really do not divulge their personal feelings, the reason why we are at a point where you know more about black women's feelings, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent than black men's feelings, is what it is. And it is because men do not feel like they can say what they really thinking. <laughs> and they probably can't. The, the, the sad part about it is they probably can't. Because what they think it is so different to what's been put in the movies, what's been put on TV, that they look like aliens when they open their mouth. <laughs> so, so in most cases, men are better, at least that 55%. The other 45%, they got it down, they roll with the flow, they just go with the motion, they do what they need to do and they keep it moving. But that other 55%, you know, like I said, it's just easier to shut your mouth and do it by yourself. You know what I'm saying? So she goes on to say, uh, and like I said, this is a professor at the University of Louisville. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, she's one of the few people who has sought to answer this question. Perry said most of the research on single black men has forced, has focused on their ability to be a provider in the context of public assistance for their children and families. This interest, according to Perry, began when the federal government created the Office of Child Support Enforcement in 1974 to go after non-resident fathers. Perry makes clear that that office was not created to target black men, but they were affected by its mission statement. While the federal government may not have much interest in single black men beyond their provider status, Perry has found that lay people are really, really interested. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and it's just crazy when you get into this. You know what I'm saying? There was a young man they interviewed. His name was Corey Michael, 30, of Jackson, Mississippi. You know what I'm saying? He asked me, has he had actually a young lady who was writing this article, has she ever heard of the manosphere? Now, if you don't know what the manosphere is, you got to check. And like I said, I'm going to put some of this stuff in, you know, some of these links in the description so you know what's going on. Yes, they have a black manosphere. You know what I'm saying? A completely different ball game. You got to check this out. You know, the manosphere is something, you know, and this, this is something new. You know what I'm saying? Um, uh, I'll, and I'll just give you a brief heading of, of the manosphere. After an ill-fated Zoom date, I wandered down an online rabbit hole into a hyper-masculine space 
for red-pilled black men. So you got to know what the red pill is. You got to know what the blue pill is. This is a whole phenomenon that's going on. And I might do a show on this. You know, let me know. You know, if y'all see the link, if y'all want me to do a show on the manosphere, on the red pill, the black pill, you know, word men have just said that's it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They on a whole different, this is a whole different rabbit hole over here. So that's, that's something different. But she talked to my man. He's 30 years old. Asked about the manosphere. She laughed. And she said, yes, yeah, she heard about it. She had already knew it was up. And, you know, it's, you know, he said, you know, this red pill dating ideology isn't just about what a woman has to offer. And, and, and to cut to the chase, there's a group of men that, that, that have come up with a baseline for women. And before they even get in a relationship, before they even get, and women probably know this baseline because they've used it for hundreds of years on men. But men have just started, you know, to kind of ask this question, you know, as an introduction into even me getting your phone number. And that's what are you bringing to the table? You know what I'm saying? Many men in this sphere ask a woman, what can you do for them before considering even dating? If you can't do nothing for me, we not even date. This is a brand new, like when a woman hears that, you have just blown her mind in most cases. Women have no idea how to answer that. What they don't know what they're going to do for you because they're coming out of a role where that's the question they ask. So when a man asks that, you didn't already, boom. See what I'm saying? And that starts where we are now. Because these 55% of men are totally comfortable with you kicking rocks. With you saying, I'm not doing that goodbye. They are completely cool. They go home. They play Xbox, PlayStation, stack their money in cryptocurrency. Uh, whatever they doing, they have no desire to persuade you to change your mind. And that's what the problem is. Because that only leaves you 45% of the men to go out there and deal with now we're having a discussion 20 years later on this. Michael was married. This guy, Michael, that's 30 years old. He was married at 25, divorced at 29. And is confident he will marry again. He said black men do want to be providers. But alongside these aspirations to be the man, they, they're also dealing with, you know, inflation. How high stuff is and how hard it is to find a good paying job. When he is married specifically, uh, when he was married, he was paying for everything, taking care of everything. So he's used to being the head of the household. But now in the dating scene, you really want to date a woman that's financially stable. This is what men are saying. Again, women have said this for 100 years. You know what I'm saying? And now that men are saying, look, you know, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> and if you got to walk, you got to walk. I'm not taking care of everything and you do not do the same thing as a woman 100 years ago primarily because the times have changed not because you changed because you're working too so if you're working you're not a housewife so i can't do the stuff that a husband used to do for a housewife when you're not a housewife and you are working now if you have a situation where both of y'all are working you taking care and now he even says this you know his parents both of them worked. they were married 40 years they both worked the whole time but the, his dad paid for everything, and the wife was able to put all her money back into investing. They invested all that, and now they are financially stable. This is the ideal situation, but because of, like I say, inflation, because of, like I say, modernization, because of people's spending habits, it's very hard to invest, save, and put yourself in that type of situation. You know, 
They found in a research that this shift in thinking about roles within a marriage is part of the relationship paradox for many black men. What I find is that men still put pressure on themselves to be providers while simultaneously rejecting the idea that they should be that that should be their sole role and they should be the sole provider, but also wanting to hold and maintain a disproportionate amount of the decision-making power, he said. And this is so true. Now, this, now I did a show uh, a couple shows ago explaining to my fellas out there, women is tired of being your mother, your sister, your, your pastor, your psychiatrist, your soul, you know what I'm saying, the person that sold your clothes, your cook, your maid, like, like, like nah. Women just want to have one job to be your lady. Okay, that's straight up, real talk, 100%. I got a bunch of listeners, high five, boom. Well, now men got their own flip to the script as well. So now we got two changes, both roles is changing simultaneously. How do we deal with that? You know, it was bad enough when the men were at one spot and the women's role was changing as they were just getting more empowered, they were developing, they were, you know, wanting a independence and trying to figure out what does the term wife, what does the term, you know, work wife mean, you know, a wife that works, you know, what does all this mean? A working mom, like what does this mean? While that was going on and men were still at the same level, that was crazy. Now you got men going, ah, no, no, you just can't talk to me crazy. You can't come over here whenever you want. You know what I'm saying? I'm not cooking for you and everybody. Like, like, no, I'm not, you know, just straight out, no. Like, this is the first time a woman and her, no. This serious, but this many men. And like I said, these articles that I'm telling you about are, was back in 2010. You know what I'm saying? You now have the red pill, blue pill group. <laughs> that is in 2020 and it is growing you're getting millions and the funny thing about it these are educated wealthy well-paid men see now, now, now you're talking about a whole different category and it's just like like i said when the women went through their thing said hey i'd rather do this by myself i'd rather be single men had to deal with it when women was dancing with each other on the dance floor when you went to the club if you went there she looked at you like you just was about to sell her purse now, it was a phase where women was setting the foundation for their singlehood. Well, now you got men going, no, I am not dealing with that, period. So, where do we go from here? You know what I'm saying? Even for black men who found some degree of financial comfort, there's still pressure to keep up. Like I said, when this guy, Justin Briscoe, 38, a financial advisor in Long Beach, California, and the young lady had a chat, he told her, in the process of he was in the process of finalizing his divorce one conflict he cited from his marriage was how their relationship compared to what other couples live lives look like on social media we were aspiring to do great things he said and moving in the right direction but it wasn't at the pace that was felt was the best in the social media platform so now you got a whole new person at your dinner table and it is social media People now are not comparing themselves to the Joneses. They comparing themselves to social media. You know what I'm saying? Where a lot of this stuff is fictional. So now you are trying to reach, in some cases, a moving target. You know, because like I say, with Photoshop and all this other stuff, people can look and live like whatever their computer system will allow them to. Yet you live in the real world trying to keep up with that. It can be daunting. You know what I mean? It can be daunting. You know what I'm saying? So 
you know, it, it's a different ball game, and especially when you want kids. You know, if you want a couple kids and you want to try to live in the, you know, in the high tech world and all of that, it costs a considerable amount of money, and it's a lot of pressure on the man. You know what I'm saying? And I keep going back to, you know, and I have so much respect for my queens out there, for the females out there that keep it 100. Women have said, I'm not dealing with your kids. <laughs> you know what I mean? So all you young single dads, all you guys that got custody of your kids, all you guys that's trying to do the right thing in your 30s, your 20s, you know, your kids is 8, 9, 10, 11. You know, you already are at a disadvantage if you are the single parent taking care of the kids. Because a lot of women, for some good reasoning, are not going, because that is a hard game to follow. You know what I'm saying? They don't mind taking care of them on the weekend, seeing them every now and then, you know, doing a few things. But they ain't not doing the full gauntlet. Well, guess what? Men are now <laughs> saying the same thing. You see, this is where you're going to have a, 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 a understanding, an evolution. Trust me. Trust me. We're going to get past this like we got past everything else. But it is something that we need to talk about, you know, because the pressure, the pressure is about to make the pipes burst. You know what I'm saying? And like I said, you got 45% of the men out there that's willing to ride the wave. Like I said, they got you covered. But that 55%, just like, like I said, the evolution of the woman uh, a few decades ago is now saying no more. You know what I'm saying? No more. Uh, it's, it, it's a very, like I said, it's a very deep, deep, deep conversation. And we talked to another guy, or I should say they talked to another guy. Uh, you know, and this, you know, like I said, you know, I, I wanted to get all perspectives, you know what I'm saying? And once again, you still will not get the opinion of all men, but you can at least get some perspectives. This guy, Talbert, who was the founder of the, <laughs> of the art at the intersections, you know, I mean, this guy is, is, is supposed to be a deep guy in the whole single and, you know, socialization and the thinking of relationships and how they formed and framed and all that. And, you know, his concept was just completely, you know, <laughs> all right, he views his signals as a choice and not a constant hardship because like many of black women I spoke to, he's got great friends. I've been able to cultivate a really strong friend system. They definitely make singleness bearable because a lot of us are single. We are each other's brunch dates on the weekend. We meet up for hangouts and stuff. But his desire for partnership is still present. I'm in a moment in my life now where things are clicking in my life. And you want to have someone to share the good things with you in a more intimate, close way. And shoot, and those are the moments when I find it really, really challenging. You know, uh, that is so interesting to me. But despite what we've heard repeatedly, there's a strong chance the single black man across from us on a dinner date is more stressed about how he's going to make a marriage out of 15 cents than he is about our value as a woman. And and, and and that is so true. Like I said, the stress on men, the stress, and a lot of this can be unnecessary. It can be made up man stress, but the stress men feel for not being able to express their opinions by, you know, it's like you shaking up a pop can. And, and again, you know, it's something that, it's not <laughs> to be debated or something that you can't explain it and make you understand it. It is what it is. And like I said, woman's independence, a woman's independence. It's just like a meteorite screaming through <laughs> screaming through the solar system. 
right or wrong is going to change it's going to change the solar system so when you take away when you change the roles there's only two people on the team you got man and woman when a woman changes her role right or wrong and now she is out the house not in the house now she you know you're going to change the balance of what's going on and when a man changes his role you know what i'm saying you're going to change the balance of what's going on and so like i said economically when a man cannot provide for his house you know what i'm saying when you're making more babies than you can afford you see what i'm saying when you're living above your means you know what i'm saying life is going to take over and women going to go out and work and help you know <laughs> help stabilize the dream you know what i'm saying but what does that do 20 30 years down the road you know uh it's even more complicated for black men because the difficulties fulfilling stereotypical roles connected to black masculinity and just masculinity in general then you have that layered with the experience of racial trauma often <laughs> that is just like I said, that equals depression, anxiety, anger, aggression, and low self-esteem. Couple that. <laughs> you take this already toxic cocktail and couple that with an inability to recognize your feelings. You're continuously frustrated. You can't communicate your frustration. What? Like I said, this person now is emotionally unavailable. Like I said, this person is a de emotionally destroyed bag of rocks that is what you have with most black men they are emotionally damaged you know like i said they have the walls up they have the guardrails up rock wallers guarding their heart and they can spend money a lot easier than they can be vulnerable and, and i think until until black men men in general can be vulnerable and be accepted for their vulnerability again not every man is a beta man not every man is watching a chick flick. Not every man, like I said, every man is not emotional. This, like I said, this is a good attribute. And I do think a lot more men have those attributes now. But again, you now you at the 45-55. And so if we can accept the 45-55 number, then we all good. If we're going to try to change that number, then I'm going to give you an example. I got a friend of mine who loves, uh, like I said, he is a man's man. I have no doubt in his, his masculinity and all this, but he loves chick flicks. You know what I'm saying? He, he Like I said, he loves getting emotionally involved. And like I said, he, 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 he is into that role. You know what I'm saying? And for me, I could care, like I said, I could care less about a chick flick. I could care less about all that emotional stuff. I'm about getting the job done. And I'm not saying he's not. I'm just saying we have different ways of looking at it. So we have zero in common when it comes to approaching females. Because I'm not doing any of that. <laughs> like I said, the stuff he do, there's no way I would do that. And the stuff I do, there's no way he would do that. You know what I mean? He can't even fathom some of the things I say. Just like some of the things he say, I do. That is like Chinese to me. And so, again, if we can agree to only take half the pot and that half of the pot you do what you will with we good but if you want this other half that's where we have to have a conversation you know what i'm saying and i think therapy is crucial for men you know uh, i think men need to really 
get therapy for their own mental state. You know what I'm saying? So, so you can go into a relationship not being scarred, jacked up, not being, you know, like I said, because that's a turn off for women. Like I said, women are not trying to be your mother. They are not trying to be, you know what I'm saying, all these different roles you need because you're jacked. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it, 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 it's really, like I said, it's really a show that I can spend an hour going into. You know what I'm saying? I can spend an hour going over it. But, you know, at the end of the day, we have to understand we are at a crossroads. So, in conclusion, in conclusion, to my ladies out there, my super women, you know what I'm saying? My women, you know, working nine to five, just making six figures, doing your thing. Don't change nothing. You know what I'm saying? Do you. Because at the end of the day, it's about being happy. You know what I'm saying? At the end of all of this, at the end of everything, there is nobody that's going to enjoy being something they are not. You see what I'm saying? And so at the end of the day, you got to be who you are. And then you got to find that right partner to complement who you are. This is where we are now. You know what I mean? We have taken the pot and we have shaken it up so that it's not just two ways of thinking anymore. You know what I'm saying? And so that, that I don't think that genie's ever going back in the box. I think the word independent is out of our wheelhouse right now in terms of understanding what that all means. Uh, and that's not a bad thing. I think electronics and everything that's going on has muddy the water. I think uh, people want, I, you know, I look at independence and all this, it's kind of like seasoning. You see what I'm saying? The base, the base of your meal is still female and the base of your meal is still male. There's still certain, like a mother is the only one that's giving birth. You know what I'm saying? That, that, that's it. That's never going to change. Now, again, with electronics and everything, you can get into some crazy ways. But I'm just talking about on the surface. You know what I'm saying? Men's role, being a provider, being a strong one, being the one that's supposed to hear more negative stuff than speak it. You see what I'm saying? This is not, and this is why I say the word fair. You can just take that and shove it up your know-know-what. Because this life is not about being fair. You were put on this planet and designed to deal like pain. Man, if you had to deal with the pain women deal with with just giving birth and you can't even make it through having a headache, you, dude, you wouldn't even make it down the street. You know what I mean? It's just not, you just wasn't designed to have a pain threshold as high as a female. You try bleeding for seven days and still, and still, and still living. You know what I'm saying? You are not equal. You are not the same in that category. So, my point is, we at a crossroads right now in conclusion. And the crossroads is only for the people who crossing over that line. Like I say, the people who cool with the 45%, the people who cool with being single, the people who cool with life going the status quo like it is, hey, just listen to the beats, listen to your boy. I'm glad you're following my show. I'm glad you're following my series. You know I love you. Give me your feedback. But for those that's trying to cross over, you know, for those who trying to get the people that uh you know maybe a little bit more stuck in their ways maybe a little bit more old school maybe a little bit more traditional you trying to bring them into that new way of thinking and you finding yourself having a hard time this show was for you you know what i'm saying and look at the links and dig a little bit deeper and you know like i said you know you are not by yourself you know trying to figure out how do i be a ceo mom you know what I'm saying? Or how do I be a stay-at-home dad? You know what I'm saying? You know, these are roles that we weren't raised with that you're going to have to understand how to deal with. Uh, and especially in the dating cycle. 
know what I'm saying? How, you know, hey, man, you sprinkled some COVID in there. If you thought you didn't get a kiss or you thought it wasn't getting romantic for 30 days prior to COVID, it may be six months before somebody want to get, you know, physically, you know, involved with you. You know, how does that work out? You know, in terms of you trying to judge they feelings for you when we have a freaking epidemic going on if you think i'm lying just look at china <laughs> you know what i'm saying they ain't been outside in two months so you know the first time they're coming outside they are not trying to link up with a stranger like i said so you know all of this is affecting what used to be our normal way of thinking and so like i said your man wanted to do a show you know about black men you know what i'm saying and, and, and about being single and no that 55% don't want to be single. I don't think there's nobody out there. I always say it's not a lot of people out there that just want to do this game by themselves. This is a team sport. Life is a team sport. You know what I'm saying? It takes two to bring you here. It takes two or more for you to enjoy being here. And this is not a single sport. And so, you know, some of us that have to do it for a short period of time, you know, for whatever reason. But at the end of the day, I think we all want to be with you know a like-minded individual you know what i'm saying we all want to be with a motivator somebody that's going to you know be with us in our time of need and so the thing we got to understand is how do we get there you know what i'm saying and we know playing the blame game is not going to get us there we know doing what we just did over these last 20 or 30 years that's gotten us where we are now is not going to get us there and so again it's your man black and belly coming at you with another black man over 50 blackout all right all right i had to drop one nugget before i leave for my sisters one nugget now <clears throat> and they and they even got a show out about this so i ain't talking crazy but i wanted to drop a nugget because i want to tell you how you know your actions have reactions it's your man you know what i'm saying i'm coming at you 100 as i always do you, when you give, we're only talking about that 55%. The 45 that's down with everything, uh, that's, you know, doing it the way they're doing it right now, uh, this is not for them. But that 55 of the black single men, this may go for all men, uh, no matter what race you are. But these ultimatums, you got to be careful, you know what I'm saying, about giving certain people these ultimatums or be ready for the outcome. Like I said, when you push somebody into a corner, just like women, like I said, if a man came to a woman in most cases and told her you got to do this or that, you know, he would be afraid to do that because he would know that in most cases the end result may not be in his favor because if it was, he wouldn't have to give her an ultimatum. You know what I'm saying? So I'm telling women, be careful. That's number one. Number two, monitor what you bring into the relationship <laughs> on what you expect and out of the relationship again this is with this other 45 percent because you know what i'm saying there what you put in is what you get out you know what i'm saying and so you have to be careful by overestimating the sexual part of a relationship and i think you know like i said in the past men have put so much emphasis on sex that women feel as though that has a higher uh um it has higher value in a relationship than it really does. And so that's why it doesn't get them the outcome they're looking for long term in most cases. And so I just want to tell you straight off the bat, if you take sex out the equation, you have to look at what you're doing in the relationship and base 
your expectations on that. You see what I'm saying? And he should always be above, you know, at or above that. You know what I'm saying? But nowadays, you got a lot of men that's out there, like I said, cooking, cleaning. You guys call it helping out. You know what I'm saying? And it's okay, so if they helping out with your stuff, what are you doing on their side to help out? That's what I'm saying. It's still got to balance out 50-50. It can't go from 50-50 to now they helping out and you always go down to 20-25. And because you're going to get the result. Like I said, what you put in is what you get out. And so I just want you to be careful. Like I said, this is for my queens out there. You know what I'm saying? I want you to understand the times is changing. You know what I'm saying? And that you have to be prepared for the change. You know what I'm saying? Or, like I said, there's a limited amount of men that are out there that's willing, like I said, to, you know, to give 90 and you just get 10. You know what I mean? And if that's the kind of man that you want, you know what I'm saying? It's going to make situations a lot easier for you. You know what I'm saying? And again, like I always say, nobody is bought in slavery. You know what I'm saying? And friendships last a lot longer than marriages. You know what I mean? And so don't ever feel like this is your man. That you it ain't maybe not better for y'all to be friends. You know what I'm saying? If, you know what I'm saying, you know, like I said, if you are a six-figure woman and he a two dollar dude, you know what I'm saying, it's better for you to be his friend. You know what I'm saying? Because, like I said, what you bring to the table and what he delivering, that's not going to link up and it's going to be a problem. And, like I said, him just giving you a good 30 minutes of sex, that's all that's going to be is a good 30 minutes of sex. So just keep it at that, put a title on it, label it, and be done with it. You know, again, it's your man Black Cavelli shooting 100, shooting the truth at you. You know what I'm saying? It's your boy, Blackout.
What up, what up, fam? It's your man, Black and Valley, coming at you with some new info. Some new info. Black Man Over 50 show is going on another level. We going to... Man, you just can't make this up. See, when you're dealing with Birdie Wordy, you see what I'm saying? When you're dealing with the young GIs out there, you keep stepping your game up. Black Man Over 50 is about to hit Twitter spaces, man. If you don't know what it is, you better read about it. We also finna hit Clubhouse, so be on the listen out. We gonna be live. Your band is gonna be live. You can talk to him. You can get involved. We also gonna have Birdie Wordy with us straight out the Bay Area, and so this is a collaboration like no other. So I want you to be listening out, both on Clubhouse. You start seeing the uh, you start seeing the bios go out, the links go out, the whole nine yard, and also on Twitter Spaces. This is all brand new. Coming to you live from your man Black Avelli. Black Battle with 50. Blackout. Black in season five. I want to holler at you, man. I want to give a special shout out and thank you. It's been four beautiful seasons and we couldn't have done it without your support. I want you to continue. I've been asked, how can you support the show? The number one way to support our show is with your feedback. We love hearing your voices. Outside of your feedback, we do accept donations. We can take them in either way you want to give them. Most of our, uh, most of the places that you can see the podcast, whether it's on Anchor, whether it's on Spotify, they will allow you to leave us donations. You know, we want you to go to Anchor. Anchor is the number one platform. It allows you to do this thing yourself. And so on Anchor, you can leave us the message shout outs as well as the monetary donations. But this is a official thank you to the fam. We appreciate all that you've done. Birdie Wordy, birdiewordy.com. We want to thank you, man. We would not be where we are without you. Low so fresh. And for y'all that want to know, we get so many comments about our beats. You know, man, they like the way we, we do the beats on the overlays. Well, that started with no other than Loso Fresh. And so we got to get homage to the creator. And so we want to thank you, Loso Fresh. And we also, again, want to thank the fans. And so we want to thank you guys that listen to us. Rain, sleep, shine, you know, most of my truck driver buddies out there listen to us on the road. We got international love coming to us everywhere from Spain to Africa. And so we want to appreciate it. Again, this is a thank you, a shout out to the fam. Much love, Blackout.
Sweater fam, it's your man Black and Valley coming to holler at you real quick. It's season five. We got a new commercial we dropping. You know how we get down. And so, man, with season five, it's gonna be a whole new flavor. And so we wanna make sure you checking us out on IG. All the links is in the description at the bottom of every show so you can keep up with your boy. Make sure you check us out on Facebook. All you gotta do is type in at Black Avelli once you get to Facebook and you coming straight in the back door to your boy. Please, we need you to support our podcast and how you support us most and foremost is with your feedback. Like I said, you can go straight to Anchor. It's got the link right in every podcast to give me straight feedback or you can hit me directly on the email at blackmanover50 at gmail.com and that's coming right to your boy Sally. You gotta check out some of the books we got out. You know, we got the Pepper and Antonio series. It's a whole series. It went ham in 2020. You gotta check out Pepper and Antonio. It is worth it. Follow your boy. We got another paperback. Oh my God, the Black Fits. The Black Fits was off the chain. It just dropped. Just like the Misfits, the Black Fits, a whole nother level. And last but not least, we got the adventures of Birdie Wordy Lagos. That book was legendary. The paperback went off the chain, hit 500 copies sold in the first month. So check out Birdie Wordy Lagos, straight out of Detroit. Straight with a little Colombian twist. I ain't gonna even tell you the storyline, but that should give you the ingredients of a heck of a, heck of a novel. And so check out Birdie Wordy Lagos. Also, I want you, while you're looking, check out our merch. We got merch coming at you on Gearbubble and several other lines. So you can go to blackmenover50.com. That's our website. Check out all the links. Man, we got NFTs. We got digital portraits. Man, we got all kind of merch. Hats, glasses, shoes. It's going down. Last but not least, we got a couple radio stations that we promote. We got Over the Water Radio. That is legendary. Been going down for about three years. It's hip-hop flavor of all nations. And so you got African hip-hop. You got Colombian Latin hip-hop. You got the American traditional hip-hop. You got hip-hop coming out of China. Check out The Flow. That's Over Water Radio. Check out Gospel Rap Take It Over. For those of you that <laughs> know the traditional gospel music, this is the 808 version. It is the gospel like no other coming straight from the Midwest. We got some West Coast boys in there too. Just follow the station. Check your boy out. Again, this is your boy Black Avelli. Black Man Over 50, Season 5, Blackout.